uh, with letters to the church, and they were specific to the time, to the need, to the question of the hour. And that's what I hope that this message tonight, lesson tonight, whatever you would like to call it, uh, I, I trust that this will be a specific word for this moment in this hour. I hope it speaks into some of your lives. I hope it challenges you. Because here in the next little bit, I'm going to mess with some of your theology. All right? I'm going to mess with you a little bit tonight. Uh, I'm going to mess with your theology that is based in tradition and not in the Scripture. All right? So we're going to get into the Word of the Lord tonight and see what God is speaking to us from the Word. Acts chapter 10, verse 42. And He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. That is Jesus Christ, by the way. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whose name? Through Jesus' name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Let's pray together now. Lord, help us tonight as we get, dig into your word. I pray that the inspiration and unction of your spirit is present in this room. I pray, Lord, that you meet with us. Speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I have about 15 pages of notes. I typically go about 10 minutes per page. So we've got about an hour, about two and a half hours worth of notes. So I'm going to try to cut this thing in half, and we still have an hour and 15 minutes. And I've got to do this in about 50 minutes. So, because uh, if I don't, I've learned this. At 8.30, if I don't quit, you quit. So uh, I'm going to try to do this the next 50 minutes before you quit. If you'll wait, if you'll wait, uh, I will quit. I, I will quit. So Brother Tapia, when I, when I get when my three-minute buzzer, three minutes before, uh, sound the buzzer over here, set the alarm clock to go off to remind me. I don't have a watch, don't have a phone. The clock's behind me, and I'm not looking back tonight, all right? I'm going to speak to you a little bit tonight on why I believe the Holy Ghost is real. Why I believe the Holy Ghost is real. Everybody needs this message tonight. Why I believe the Holy Ghost is real. I don't know if they're recording or not tonight, but uh, hopefully they are because the rest of the crew that's not here may need this lesson tonight, and I'll just have to preach it all over again if they're not recording. The terms Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are synonymous in the Scripture. They're synonymous terms that are interchanged throughout the Bible. When one says they have received the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, it is one and the same. It is two ways of saying the same thing. It is not only 
historically correct, it is biblically correct that to speak of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is one and the same. The Holy Spirit is referenced several times uh, in several different biblical terms, meaning that the Holy Ghost fills several roles in a believer's life. I want to establish tonight that uh, I could go on and give you a list of about 30 or 40 names that uh, the Scripture calls different functions and attributes of the Spirit of God, of the Holy Ghost, all right? So there, I just did it. Did you see that shift over right there of the Spirit of God or of the Holy Ghost? The, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit, and Second Thessalonians, it speaks uh, of the Holy Ghost as being the Lord. It speaks in Galatians chapter 4 as the Spirit of the Son. It speaks in Genesis 1 and 1 Corinthians 2 and Job 33 of the Spirit of God. So we can say the Spirit of God filled the room or the Holy Ghost filled the room. We are just saying the same thing in a different way. All right, so I don't need to say the Holy Ghost filled the room and the Spirit of God filled the room. When I say the Spirit of God filled the room, it was the Holy Ghost that filled the room. This is not a oneness message tonight, but you can't preach on the Holy Ghost without dabbling over into this oneness message because Jesus Christ was the only, it was, He was the express image of God. God is Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. God is Spirit. You can't separate the Holy Ghost from God. You can't separate it. God is Spirit. The Isaiah chapter 11 says it is the spirit of counsel, speaking of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah chapter 11 said it is the spirit of understanding. Isaiah 11 said it is the spirit of knowledge. Job 33 says he is the breath of the Almighty. John 14 calls him the comforter. John 26 calls him the comforter. John 15 calls him the comforter. Acts calls him the comforter. Uh, Revelation 19 says that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of prophecy. Romans chapter 1 says the Holy Ghost is the spirit of holiness. And I could go on tonight, but because of time's sake, I got to skip over to stay on track. Page 2. How did I do? How long did that take? Because I know some of you are already watching your watch. All right. The preaching of the gospel should always lead to an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You may have not known exactly what happened Sunday night, but Brother Heron came to me Sunday night before service or during service. He stepped up to where I was, and uh, for whatever reason, he calls me Rev. It kind of makes me chuckle, and he stepped up, and he said, Rev, I just had a change. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and I said, do what you feel. He said, well, I told you that we were going after the Holy Ghost tonight, but I feel a change. I said, you preach what God gave you, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Because the, well, somebody ought to say amen to that. Because the Holy Ghost ought to fall as a response to the message being preached. I talked to a man on Monday night who said at the end of his sermons he takes up an offering because he believes there ought to be a response to the preaching. I said, well, I agree with you. There ought to be a response to the preaching. But in our church, it's a little different than just receiving an offering as a response to the preach word of God. There ought to be a call to prayer. There ought to be a demonstration of the power of God. 
the Holy Ghost ought to fall. So we should expect that people receive the Holy Ghost after the Scripture has been preached. Look at your neighbor and say, we ought to expect it. Well, if he's in our service, then why shouldn't we expect somebody to be healed? If he is in our service, why shouldn't we expect the Holy Ghost to fall? If he is in our service, why shouldn't we expect that lives be radically changed by the power of the Holy Ghost? Why shouldn't we? Lives ought to be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. We ought to expect it. We're coming to the word with the word of the Lord. I got to tell you, I expect it that even tonight on a Wednesday night when we came for Bible study, we ought to came in. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I expect tonight that if somebody is here that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the word of God is coming forth. I know it's Wednesday night, and we ought to be teaching. We ought to be able to teach the Word of God, and the power and inspiration and anointing of God ought to be just as strong as it is when the choir sings or an eloquent minister is in the pulpit, a great evangelist is preaching. We've got a guest here. It ought to fall regardless if it's a pastor preaching, an evangelist preaching, a lay minister teaching, whatever it is. It is the response to the Word of God. You know, our apostolic fathers had a walk with God where they expected God to move. Peter and John didn't leave much room for the man to not walk. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Well, aren't you worried about your reputation? That's the problem with us. That's the problem. We live in a day where the only way we can believe that a miracle happens is somebody's got to go to the doctor and get a doctor report that you actually were healed of cancer. We quit trusting God by faith. We need reports. We've got to have it written out. We've got to have it explained to us. Somebody receives the Holy Ghost. we got to have 18 dozen people witness it and go beyond the, before the grand jury to decide if they actually received the Holy Ghost or not. Well, was that really the Holy Ghost? No, it was Jesus Jr. Wasn't the real thing. It was the same Holy Ghost you got. But we live in a day and an age where even in the church that we want to we want to judge everything in the church. Well, I got Bible verse for that. The Bible said that some ought to prophesy and others ought to judge the prophecy. The problem is we got too many judges and too few prophesiers. I'm not promoting wildfire. I'm not promoting, I'm not pr promoting things that are not of God and not real. But we need people who have the faith to trust God and step out on faith. And when somebody declares their healing, I'm not going to say, well, well, did they really get healed? I think I see you still limping. 
If somebody wants to give me a report that they got healed, my response back to them is going to be, Sister Paula, you believe you got healed? I'm believing with you. You're still walking with a limp, but I'm believing with you. And if God touched you, He's going to keep touching you. He's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep strengthening. Keep the faith. Keep believing. Somebody walked in the other day and said, I'm walking in without my cane. I said, praise the Lord, Sister Richie. Thank God for it. Somebody said, well, I think she's still got some pain. Maybe God didn't really heal her. I'm going to keep believing God with her. She claimed her healing. I keep believing God with her. The pain's still there, but I believe God with her. I haven't felt as good as I feel. I haven't felt as well as I feel in years, to be honest. I lived so long with back pain. I don't want to get into this too much because it's a little off of my subject. I lived so long with back pain that I forgot what it was like to live without pain. And those of you who have lived with with pain, I know Brother George Harding and some of you that have had severe back issues and surgeries over the years understand what I'm talking about. I lived so long with pain and I prayed and asked God to heal me and, and the doctor did surgery on me, but the doctor didn't heal me. God's the healer. I did everything I could do. The surgeon did everything he could do. He said, I can't promise you that this is going to work. That's exactly what he said. We think this will work, but I'm not promising you it's going to work. So we put it in the hands of God and did everything we could do and trusted God for the rest. So as I'm continuing to heal, and I am continuing to heal, Saturday, I worked, I worked pretty hard Saturday and uh, worked some long hours out at the campus and and uh, ran a machine, and somebody said, Pastor, you only know one speed with that thing. You run that thing wide open. And all the jerking and jumping and snatching around. By the end of the day, man, my back was hurting, and I got off the machine. Most everybody had left. There was a handful of people still there, and I got off, and I said, Guys, I'm sorry, but I got to call it a day. If you guys want to get on the machine, I'll get out here and try to help you. I can't ride this machine any longer. Brother Newcomer said, I thought you were never going to call this day. I'm already, I've been worn out for two hours. I'm out of here. I went home, and I had the worst pain that I have had since I had surgery. I almost cried myself to sleep. Sunday, I was hurting and sore and couldn't hardly move. My wife was rubbing this amazing miracle cream on my back. Something Sister Dasa found. We were praying and I'm limping around. I've limped around, but you know what? God's still a healer. I overdid it, caused some swelling in my back, didn't re-injure myself. Things seemed to be okay. It's all beginning to go back to normal again because I was dumb. I acted ignorant, thought I could work 12 hours on a machine. I'm not there yet. But I'm getting there. Well, pastor, did you claim healing? Sure did. So you didn't really get healed. Sure did. I was foolish and and pushed a little hard and caused some swelling to come in my back. But God's still a healer. Don't take away my victory. What I'm trying to speak to some folks tonight is when God does a work in somebody's life, 
do not ever cause them to lose faith by you questioning what God is doing in their life. I'm delivered. No, you're not. You're still struggling. Don't take that away from me. I'm delivered in Jesus' name. Well, I guess I'm just a realist, Pastor. No, you're negative and you're, you're, you're being the mouthpiece of the devil. That's what you are. You are being a mouthpiece of the enemy. You are reigning on the parade that God has just given somebody. God just imparted faith to somebody. And if we're not careful, we'll go negative and begin to say, Well, I'm not real sure. When I come to church, I expect God ought to do a work. Why not? Pastor, every time you get up, I'm going to get up every time and preach like something's going to happen. I expect people to receive the Holy Ghost. I expect it to happen. Somebody calls me tomorrow. A few weeks ago, text message came through. A few days ago, text message came through. Somebody said, man, I was blessed. I said, thank the Lord. Pastor, you should have done more than that. No, I expected them to be blessed. They're a good person, living upright, being faithful to God, supporting the church, paying their tithes, raising their family in the church. I expect it to happen. I'm not caught off guard by that. I expect the blessings of God in the lives of people who are faithful to God. I expect it. Now, I can reverse this and get up every time and tell you now, sometimes it's all going to be bad. You're not always going to get it the way you want it. You're going to have days where you're going to be down in the dumps. I don't need anybody to tell me that. Life tells me that. Or you're claiming healing, but now I'm going to tell you, I've had that back trouble before, and you have that back trouble. You're going, man, that back, it's something else. You're going to probably have pain with that for the rest of your life. Stop it. I lived doing it for 18 years. I'll take what healing I've got. God's a healer. I claim healing. I'll preach on it a little more on Sunday, and I will. Because God's a healer. If God wants to show up and do a work, I'm not going to be the negative voice. I'm not going to be the wet blanket to throw on the fire. Just because someone told you that you can't live in the Spirit, that it's just going to be once in a while. And we had revival, but you can't live there. I was told that. You ever been told that? You can't live there at that that vein. I've been told that many, many times. Well, that awakening was wonderful. That revival was wonderful. But you know, it'd be awesome if we could live there. But you know, the truth is we can't live there. Stop it. He came, he, God came to take us from victory to victory. Well, there's a valley in there. Hello, Captain Obvious. Of course there is. It's called life. But I'm looking forward to the next mountain. Can I just get real with you? I'm sick and tired of the people of God spending all their time praising the devil about their valley. Thank God for the mountain. Well, I'm on my way down. Don't talk about it. Talk about the next mountaintop. It's higher than the one we were just on. The best is not behind us. The best is always in the future. 
God never takes us down to the past. He always takes us up to the future. Always. We just came through what I believe every awakening has had a different feel to it. Different dynamic. It is, it's been different, a different level of participation. Every, every one of them has been different, yet they have all been amazing. But you know what? Next year's awakening. You better get ready because it's going be, to be better than the one we've just come through. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? You, 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 you prophesying? No, I am prophesying. I'm telling you that God is always going to take us better. He's always going to take us up. You and I cannot decide what God is going to do. He said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now that just bugs some of us. Because there's some people we don't believe he can pour his spirit out on. I had someone tell me one time regarding a certain individual, they said that man will never be saved. I thought, wow. Within three years of that negative prophecy being spoken about a person that would never be saved, the person was baptized in Jesus' name and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The devil may tell you that your lost family is never going to be saved. He is a liar. And anybody that wants to agree with him is on the wrong team. I still believe your family is going to be saved. I still believe your loved ones are going to be saved. I still believe God's going to do the work. I believe it. Because I'm on God's team. I got faith to believe it. You can't decide who God's going to fill with His Spirit and who He won't. This past week, 25 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost over the course of a week. Now, I know all the doubters here probably think you and I got together about your story you're going to tell about your boy, but I'm so glad you told it because you were so right. Without a doubt, Landon doesn't understand everything. Well, I'm not sure he got the Holy Ghost. No, he got a little bit of that. He got Jesus Jr. Jr. Of course he got the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm not sure. Okay, judge. Here's the deal. Let's, let's discourage him and tell him he didn't. Let's tell him because he doesn't understand everything from beginning to the ending that he didn't get it. Let's cause him to grow up in fear and destroy what faith he has. Keep on trying, boy. You're going to get it. I've seen people praying with people in the altar. They speak with other tongues. And it's after they stop speaking with other tongues, along comes somebody running up to where they are. Come on, brother. You're almost there. Landon doesn't understand it all. How old is he? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Now, I received the Holy Ghost when I was seven. Of course, I knew it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could 
I quote the scripture forward and backwards, explain it all to you. I could, I could explain the oneness of the Godhead. I could quote it forward and backwards. Give me a break. I didn't understand what the Holy Ghost was going to do in my life. I didn't understand the power of the Holy Ghost. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could quote Acts 2.38 because I learned it in the Sunday school class. I didn't know what it meant. Aiden stood on the street corner preaching. Had his whole church out there in front of him. He said, there's three ways to get saved. I started scratching my head when I was watching it. He said, you got to repent. you got to be baptized. you got to get the Holy Ghost. I said, boy, he almost got that right. He got close. He told him what you got to do, but kind of, you know, his word, his phraseology is a little bit off there. But it's all right. Keep preaching, pastor. Keep preaching. You're going to get it right. I don't always get it right either. But I'm going to keep preaching. Well, you can't decide who God's going to fill with the Holy Ghost and who he's not. Now, I know what some of you are thinking about the 25 that received the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm not sure that they all received the Holy Ghost. I, I am. I'm sure they didn't all 25 receive the Holy Ghost. Pretty sure. I hope they did. But I've been around long enough to know that some will just jabber something to get you to get off of them. You'll know the tree. But I'm not the fruit inspector. Y'all aren't going to help me preach tonight. I'm feeling so much anointing up in here, I may really go two and a half hours tonight. You'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. If they got the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a work in their life. And there's going to be some that aren't willing to do what God is telling them to do in order to walk in what God has provided for them. He offered deliverance for some people in this house Sunday night. Well, if they really got it, if they... I've heard people say it just like this. I'm being very real with you. I'm being critical of some of the things I've, been, I've heard in my life. Well, if they get the Holy Ghost just right, I wish you'd tell me how to get that Holy Ghost just right. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to take me to Scripture and show me the variations of the Holy Ghost. I want you to show me Junior Holy Ghost and Senior Holy Ghost. Part Holy Ghost, a little bit of Holy Ghost. It's not there. For those of you that don't know that I'm just being a little funny tonight, it's not there. Probably not everybody who claimed the healing really got healed. But I'm not going to go and find out and figure it out and look at people and tell them you didn't get healed. If you want to believe you got healed, I'm going to believe it with you. And I'm going to keep believing it. You know what? You might have not got it Sunday night, but you have enough faith and keep walking in it and keep living in the faith. You may get healed next week. It maybe didn't come today, but keep walking in it. You'll eventually get there. 
Landon doesn't understand everything about the Holy Ghost, but keep walking in it. Keep showing it to him. Keep leading it. Keep bringing him to the altar. If he didn't really get everything he needed, he'll get it. He'll get there. Don't discourage him. I'm sure God forgave him of all of his sins. Lord, have mercy. Well, you see, I don't want to offend anybody tonight, but I'm going to, I'm going to just give you a little rundown on what happened Sunday night. Well, I better be careful. No, I'll offend you. Preach on, brother. Let me help you for a minute. Are there any babies in here? I heard one crying a while ago. They ran out with it. Are there any babies in here? You got that baby. Bring that baby up here to me. Come on up here. Run up here. Hurry up. My Lord, have mercy. Keep that baby sleeping if it's sleeping. I just want you to come stand right up here by me. Right over here. Look at why I don't hate you. I love you. You know that. Don't we love her? Clap, Brother Kevin. Now, how old is this baby? Six months? Good. Hmm. Baby, were you really born? Listen, were you really, really, are you sure you were born? Oh, you look at me. You look at me. Were you born? <laughs> you don't go to a baby and ask a baby if it's been born. That baby doesn't know if it's been born or not. It doesn't even know how to respond to my question. Now, I'm, 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 I'm talking to some folks tonight that need to listen to me. Where were you born? Doesn't know anything about, doesn't know anything about being born. All the baby knows is that something strange happened to me. An experience I've never had. I was warm and cuddly and all good in my life. And all of a sudden something happened and the whole environment around me is weird. There's people looking at me with strange looking faces going goo, 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 goo. People doing all kind of weird things I've never seen before. All that baby knows is it's in an environment it's not used to. It may know, wow, this feels good. I have room out here. I feel free. Are you sure? Now, I'm, I'm going to bring this on home. Thank you, Sister Faith. Give her a great big hand. 
Yeah, good. This way to stand back there. Good cover. <coughs> I've been told, I told you I'm going to mess with some of you. I've been told my entire life, don't tell people that they receive the Holy Ghost. How many of you have been told that? And I agree. I don't tell people that they got the Holy Ghost. But at the same time, I don't ask a baby if it's been born. Now, it just got real tied in here because some of you are worried about what theology I'm about to bring you. I hope you're buckled up and ready to, to, get, to receive what I'm about to speak to you. At the same time, I don't agree with telling people, hey, you got the Holy Ghost. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I mean, you. We want to count you. Our altar workers really don't do that. Our ministers really don't do that. But Acts chapter 10, let's put it on the screen if you can. Acts chapter 10 verse 46 tells us how they knew that they had received the Holy Ghost. Because the baby didn't know. The Jews were amazed that the Gentiles are receiving the Holy Ghost. Well, that must be impossible. Isn't this only for us? I mean, they got to come to church for at least six months. They got to start dressing right. Stop spitting and chewing. Clean up all that cussing. Quit dressing the way they were dressing. Stop lying. Stop sleeping around. Quit doing all that stuff and prove yourself for six months. And then we'll bring it before the high council of the church. And all those with great wisdom. And they'll vote and decide on whether or not it's time for you to receive the Holy Ghost. That's kind of what was going on. They were amazed. What in the world is going on? But they knew that they received the Holy Ghost because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, verse 47. We weren't even going to baptize them because we didn't think it was for them. But since we heard them speak with tongues... We're not going to forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost the same way we did. They're astonished. Are you sure you got the Holy Ghost? Did you get the same Holy Ghost I got? When did you get the Holy Ghost? When you were seven. You don't even remember what the date was, do you? Did you get the real Holy Ghost? You don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. Brother Toffee, were you there? 
No, no, never seen him before in your life. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let all things be accomplished. Always got to have somebody else come along and say, I was there. It doesn't really matter if you were there or I were there or he were there or you were there. As long as he was there when it happened. My question, when you received the Holy Ghost, did you speak with tongues? You spoke with tongues. Did you really got to tell you, did they teach you how? Did they take you in the back room and teach you how? They give you a class and a bunch of lessons, teach you how. Did they intimidate you into it? It was Dylan, wasn't it? He came and jumped up. <laughs> I told him the other day, the Lord's not deaf, buddy. But you go ahead on and pray the way you want to pray. When I received the Holy Ghost, I didn't even know what had happened. Must have been Jesus Jr. Because I was seven. I was standing up on the altar. We had altar benches back then when we were like real apostolic. We had altar benches. Our kids wouldn't even know what that is. Standing up on it so I'd be tall enough to match the adults. Sister Jean Holland had preached a message and hung the whole place out over hell. But of course, it's probably not real because there was a woman preaching. Hit another stump in here. And they were gathered around praying. And when I finished praying, my dad was in front of me. And he looked at me and he said, Do you know what just happened? Probably didn't get it, boy. He said, you just spoke in tongues for about 20 minutes. I said, I did. He said, yes, you did. I heard you. Do you know what that means? Well, he didn't get it, did he? He said, in the Bible, when they spoke with tongues, it meant they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, do you feel like you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? He said, church, let's celebrate. 
and they begin to celebrate. Dad leaned back over to me. He said, son, do you feel like you got the Holy Ghost? He said, what, what has to happen for you to get the Holy Ghost? I said, Dad, I already repented, and I got to speak in tongues. And he said, why don't you go ahead and do that right now? And he just laid his hand back on my head and began to pray over me, and I began to speak with other tongues. Here's the issue. Acts 19, verse 2. I'm out of time. Almost. Some of you are about to rejoice. Acts 19, verse 2. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We haven't even heard that there be any Holy Ghost. Let me tell you where we are as a church and as a movement, but particularly as a church. We had people walk in these doors Sunday night that knew absolutely nothing. I mean nothing. Ooh, I feel something I never felt. Somebody came and said, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. Here's what you got to do. You got to repent of your sins. They begin to repent of their sins. Lift your hands in the air. Lift your hands in the air. When I lay my hands on your head, you're going to be, begin to speak in a language that you have never learned. And it is the Holy Ghost in filling. You receive it by faith right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they begin to speak with other tongues. And they say, well, I never felt anything like this before. I've never, I don't even know. First off, some people will. Some people, it's hard to receive something that you don't understand, particularly if you're an educated deep thinker. More educated people don't run blindly into things. So they move to the side and fold their arms and me people weird. Bunch of weirdos speaking some kind of Indian language. Some people come and they just, okay, it's what I've got to do. They blindly, and they receive the Holy Ghost. Now, when my father received the Holy Ghost, I said a little bit about it on Sunday night. When my father received the Holy Ghost, he went to work Monday. And when he got to work Monday, he's driving. Matter of fact, he's driving home from work. He said, all day at work, he just, you didn't really get the Holy Ghost. You didn't really, he said, he's just over and over in his head. The devil told him, you didn't really get the Holy Ghost. You didn't really get the Holy Ghost. He got in the car, started driving home. He rolled down his window, pulled in, pulled out a cigarette, put in his mouth, lit it up, sitting there smoking a cigarette. And he said, I'm not supposed to be smoking. But I took a, my habit of pulling out a cigarette, and I just smoked. Well, see, he didn't really get the Holy Ghost. That's what some folks going to say. Because if he'd have got it just right, human habit and addiction took over, and the devil's trying to use it against him and tell him you didn't get the Holy Ghost. But God spoke into his spirit and said, don't even go home. Drive straight to the pastor's house. He drove straight to the pastor's home, walked in, walked up on the porch, knocked on the door, told the pastor, this is what's been happening to me. This is what's been going on. 
This is what's happened to me today. I feel like I didn't even receive the Holy Ghost. He said, did you speak with other tongues? My dad said, yes. He said, then you received the Holy Ghost. The devil is a liar, and let's prove he's a liar. We're going to have a prayer meeting right here, and you're going to pray until you speak with tongues all over again. They had a prayer meeting right there until he began to speak with tongues all over again and defeated the enemy. I was talking to a person one time whom I heard speak with tongues and I asked them about their experience. And I said, do you feel like you received the Holy Ghost? And they said, well, no. I said, did you speak with tongues? They said, yes. I said, what are you looking for? What are you experiencing? I prayed with you many times on the altar and I've heard you speak with tongues, but you never feel like you've received the Holy Ghost. I need to understand more about what you're expecting. They said, well... I always heard Brother Price say that when he received the Holy Ghost, at nine years of age, he was at an altar and he saw a great light in heaven. And the light came down out of heaven and he saw the light coming closer to him. And the light came and when the light touched him, he began to speak with other tongues and it was a supernatural experience. And I have spoke with tongues, but I have not yet seen the light. You understand that's not doctrine, right? What do you mean? That was an experience, but it's not doctrine. You know you have the Holy Ghost when you speak with other tongues. So somebody saw a light and it came down and touched them. I don't doubt that happening. There's all sorts of experiences. I've seen people get the the Holy Ghost. I saw a man get the Holy Ghost laid in the floor on this side and rolled from that side all the way to that side and all the way back several times. He literally, he was a holy roller. I never rolled. I don't even rock and roll. I know a man that prayed to midnight. Two minutes after midnight, he got up and took off, made a lap around the church, came up the center aisle, got about halfway up, turned two flips forward, slid in like he was sliding the home plate, threw his hands in the air and began to speak with other tongues. That was his experience. Good. So I can't turn towards this. Never could, not even with a good back. That's his experience. But the Bible said when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with tongues. I witnessed someone speak with other tongues the other night, and somebody came to them and said, did you receive the Holy Ghost? And they said, then you probably didn't actually get it. Hello, whoever's on the committee that's going to judge who gets the Holy Ghost. I watched a person speak with tongues for three to five minutes. Heard them with my own ears. But all it took was somebody to ask a negative question of, are you sure? I'm not sure. Probably wasn't. The devil's going, it wasn't. I told you it wasn't. I told you it wasn't. See, it's not. It's not. It's not. Maybe you can get the light. Maybe you can. 
I'm trying to preach to somebody tonight. I'm trying to get beyond this. The devil is a liar. He wants to steal you and rob you and make you think that what happened. He wants to make you believe that the healing you got wasn't real. The Holy Ghost you got wasn't real. That It doesn't matter if you spoke three syllables or 13 minutes. It does not matter. What matters is that you have the faith to believe and know that when they heard you speak with other tongues that you received the Holy Ghost. Start walking in it and living in it. If you got the Holy Ghost, baby, you're going to speak with tongues again. And if you're not satisfied, you're going to do it again. And if you're not satisfied, you're going to do it again. Before long, you're going to get enough faith to believe this is the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I can live an overcoming life. I never tell anybody they received the Holy Ghost. However, I will ask them what they asked me that night. Do you know what happened to you? I thought I heard you speak with tongues. I could say, you just got the Holy Ghost. Believe it. But here's what I do. If I'm praying with somebody who receives the Holy Ghost... I said, do you know what just happened to you? And I'm sure I heard them speak with tongues. And this is, this is what I suggest to any altar worker. Do you know what just happened to you? <laughs> I thought I heard you speak with tongues. Do you know what that means? The Bible says in Acts 10 and Acts 19 that they knew they had received the Holy Spirit for they heard them speak with tongues. Now do you know what that means? Do you believe you got the Holy Ghost? If you're not sure you got it, lift up your hands. We're going to do it all over again. When we're done, I'm going to say, do you know what just happened to you? And I'll stay right there until before long. They're like, so when I speak with tongues, that's the Holy Ghost. That's exactly right. Let's do it again. Until they've heard themselves and understand and have the faith to believe that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm not there to judge them. We don't have a minister or altar worker in this house. My father doesn't want me to die lost because I never received the Holy Ghost. I don't want anybody. I would not trade a number for any soul to be eternally lost because they were told they got something they didn't get. But if I hear them speak with tongues, I'm not going to let the voice of the devil tell them they did not get the Holy Ghost. Because now we're going to go and we're going to begin to disciple. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure. Just hang on. Shut your mouth. That's exactly right. Shut your mouth. If they didn't get the Holy Ghost, by your measure, whoever was praying with them that said, I heard them speak with tongues, they received the Holy Ghost. There's no problem. They will get it again. And someday they may get more of the Holy Ghost than your judgmental self. 
And when they begin to work the altars, they're going to have faith to know how not to work with somebody in the altar. Because when somebody receives the Holy Ghost, they will undoubtedly speak with other tongues. But when they speak with other tongues, I'm not judging the tongues that they speak with. When I hear them, that's the sign it happened. It's not the end, people. Woo! 25! Woo! High five! We got a lot of work to do. Discipleship, friendship, follow up, Bible study, teaching, path of life, keeping them faithful, paying their light bills. That's right. Where's all the money in the church go? That's the real work. But I'm not going to them after they receive the Holy Ghost and say, well, you got the Holy Ghost, but you're not saved. Six months of path of life. 24 weeks of Bible study. Nicene Council. They're going to vote. You got to quote the whole book of Acts backwards. <laughs> While you're juggling. And you have to fast 40 days. No questions. Then we'll decide if you really got it. Folks, the work of the church is about discipleship. When somebody tells me, they got the Holy Ghost. My response to them, number one, I'm not judging any one person in this house. If one of our ministers or workers says they just got the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues, I'm trusting that. End of discussion, I'm trusting it. I trust you, Brother Toppy. If you come to me and say, Landon got the Holy Ghost. You know what? I came over there and laid hands on him, but I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him. But I trust you. I didn't go to Landon and say, you really get the Holy Ghost. You know what I did? Landed my man! You're going to do big things for the Lord. You're going to be a man of God. You're going to do great stuff. He's going to slip and fall. He don't have it figured out. Come on, Landon, you can make it. I was there the night you got the Holy Ghost. I'm preparing this church for something. There is going to be a revival that was prophesied about. It's going to happen. Not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to understand it. But there's a group of people in this room tonight that's going to be here when that revival continues and happens. It ought to happen every... I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If there's anybody in the house that doesn't have the Holy Ghost or is not satisfied with the Holy Ghost you have, I dare you right now to step out in the aisle and walk up here to the front because there is enough faith in this house right now that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and God will perform a miracle in your life tonight. 
Come on, don't tarry. If you're in the house and need it, run up here right now. God will do it. He will do it right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's just magnify the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Don't let any devil tell you your miracle wasn't real. If you laid claim on a miracle, I dare you to get back up and say the miracle is real. I'm healed in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. I'm still walking with a limp, but it's going to happen. I still feel a little pain, but it's going to happen. I'm walking in my miracle. I'm walking in the faith that God has given me. I'm walking in it. I'm living in it. Don't discourage me. I got a little faith going on tonight. Come on, why don't somebody just magnify the Lord for a moment? Somebody needs to be strengthened in the Holy Ghost right now. He's in the house right now. If it's been a while since you spoke with other tongues, you ought to lift up your hands and let the Holy Ghost resaturate you and refill you. Hallelujah. 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 I tell you why I believe in the Holy Ghost. Because I was there when it happened. So I guess I ought to know. What a wonderful change has been wrought in my life since Jesus came into my heart. Oh, let's magnify, magnify, magnify him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If you've got pain in your body, just throw up both hands. Somebody standing next to somebody with both hands in the air, lay hands on them right now and speak a word of faith over them right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to leave here walking in faith, walking in victory. The devil is a liar. You are a healer. You are a savior. You are my way maker. I walk in the faith. I walk in the faith. I walk in the faith that you gave me, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
to the name of the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. The power of God's in the house tonight. The presence of the Lord is here tonight. I know it's Wednesday night. I know we're past time. You got to go. God bless you. I finished on time. But the Holy Ghost is in the house. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 My, 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 my. Woo. Well, I got to page six out of 15. One night of revival, we had a couple that came in. He was from a denominational church. It was his first time in an apostolic church. He got here and heard us talking about the Holy Ghost and the work of the Spirit. He looked over at the person that brought him to church, and he said, I've heard about this, and I've been praying for this. He brought his, he brought his wife, fiance, girlfriend, something with him. She was Catholic and had never been in an apostolic church in her life. Some folks went back, laid hands on them, began to pray for them, and both of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Evidence by speaking with other tongues. And when the young man stopped speaking with other tongues, he knows nothing about Pentecostalism. He turned around and he looked at a man in the church and began to prophesy over him. 
That doesn't fit in our box. He hasn't been through our prophetic training course. But the Bible said that they begin to speak with other tongues and to prophesy. If we're going to be a book of Acts church, get ready. I believe Jesus wrapped it up something like this. And greater things than, you, than these shall you do. This last day revival, Sister Shana, that God dealt with you about this morning, this last day revival is going to be poured out upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. On your servants and upon the handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in the last days, saith God, it is going to happen. It's not going to fit in our shoebox. It's going to happen on the street. It's going to happen in the grocery store parking lot. God is raising up a generation that is going to be bold in their faith. That's what it's going to take in this last day. The darker the night, the brighter shines the light. And as emboldened as sin is in these last days, that's why God is raising up a generation of young men like Evan and like Cameron and like Brother Isaac, all of these young men that are of faith that are saying, you know what, I'm going to go back to Purdue and I'm going to change my world. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take it to my job. I'm going to take it with me. I'm going to proclaim it in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be ashamed to take it to work. That's what it's going to take in these last days. It's not just going to be here. It's not just going to be at the altar. It's going to happen in schoolrooms, in dormitories. There's people getting baptized. Some of you don't even know about. Gentry flew in from one of his evangelistic trips. While he was flying home, he got to witnessing to a guy. They ended up going straight to the hotel, going in and asking for permission. He baptized that man in a hotel, swimming pool in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, connected him to a local church, bid him Godspeed and left. That's the kind of revival that's going to be happening in these last days. Well, boy, that seems shallow. No, it's not. The issue is that some of us are afraid of it because it's going to require work of discipleship. It's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our energies. This is revival. This is revival. It's happening. i got to stop. It's late. you got to go to work. Kids have to go to school. Lift up your hands one more time and magnify the Lord. In the name of Jesus.